0: Hello and welcome to Snakes and Ladders, a podcast about our time in the workplace, career ups and downs, and the tips and tricks we've picked up along the way. We're hosted today by myself, Peter Conroy, and you, Julian Armstrong. Morning, big nuts. Coming up on today's show, the workplace bestie. Some of our lifelong friendships can be forged in the corporate fires, but how does this all begin to play out when it becomes management and reporting?
1: And later, a game we like to call What Would You Do? I test our friendship
0: by quizzing Pete on how I would respond to various scenarios. But first, Mr. Julian freezing his ass off in this London winter weather. Armstrong, (laughs) how are you? Well, mate, how are you? Yeah, bloody cold. (laughs) It's fucking cold at the moment. I think it was zero yesterday. It snowed very briefly. Yeah, I think that's called sleet. It was, look, for an Australian, it was snow. <laughs> I'm still very giddy whenever I see any kind of frozen precipitation, so.
1: Yeah, I, I was working from home yesterday and the wife called me, no, messaged
0: me and said, oh my God, it's snowing. Yeah, I think it did snow I, for about, I missed it It was yeah. about 30 seconds, so it wasn't like a full, <laughs> but it was supposed to. Apparently it's snowing in Manchester, it's snowing up north, so. It's bucketing down in Germany. <sighs> I know the funny thing is, like, I was with friends yesterday when it was snowing, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's snowing!" They were like, uh, "Yeah, <laughs> guess." And I was like, it, "No one seems." I mean, it's such an Australian thing to be like jazzed about snow. Yeah, Brits don't care; they complain. Actually, yeah, yeah, they're like, oh, "It's gonna be slushy tomorrow. I'm gonna have to fucking wear boots and blah blah blah." And I'm like, "I'm just gonna go lay in it." <laughs> so, how's your week been? busy man i'm renovating my uh, apartment at the moment so between work and uh coming home and then doing that it's just coming at me from all ends for the
1: members uh, for the audience members out there you look exhausted i am exhausted <laughs> yeah
0: i was like we we do video this for the for the benefit of one day thinking maybe we'll be uh, famous enough to do this full time <laughs> and the uh footage from the archives will come out and it will be It'll be a record of exactly how knackered I am. You probably hear it in my voice. Yeah. How about he, yourself, mate? He, how was your week? He's rallying
1: for, <laughs> for the benefit of <laughs> for, for the our three wide listeners, inri- wide-reaching audience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how
0: about yeah. yourself, mate? How was your week?
1: Yeah, pretty good. Um, November's hitting me hard. Oh, really? um, it's December I get now. The, just well, yeah, night. I know, but well, fair, fair point. But yeah, <laughs> November hit me hard. I got to the end of pretty much every week in during November. I was just like,
0: ah, yeah. I'm fucking exhausted. Do you think it's a, like? Do you think the season affects you as well, or is it?
1: Yeah, like, it's just been a long year too. Like, it feels like it's been a decade. It, well, it's been a fast year, but it's just been a fucking. I, don't, I think it's been a pretty tough year. Generally, it's a bit. <laughs> look, it's a bit scary because I think next year is going to be more of the same, and I just
0: couldn't be fucked. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> it's funny though because like I was talking to my best mate about this. We went back to Australia. Well, I was your best mate, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my best mate here no um <laughs> we um we went back to oz for world pride this year and um that felt like years ago and it was only seven months ago mm. and i'm like we, we bought a house this year mate i got married just over a year ago i know that and felt, it feels like yeah like 10 yeah, yeah. it's been a, a year of years a, um yeah. yeah How is so how work week good
1: Work week pretty good. I've got a really big um piece of work to get over the line next week that I'm concentrating on. I think I mentioned previously. There's sort of salary reviews at the moment. We've got to hit the end of year targets for bonuses, but everyone's like, "Are we getting bonuses? Are we? You know, are we going to get pay rises? What's happening?"
0: Yeah, I feel like our workplace is like like whispering about redundancies in the corridors, mm. and I'm like, "Are we going to do it?" Like it's funny because like with redundancies, I'm like for some reason. People like, oh, they're doing an overhead check. They're doing an overhead check, mm. and I'm like, that, They surely wouldn't do a redundancy before Christmas, would they?"
1: Yeah, you never know. I mean, uh, who was it, Barclays, or oh, no? Some somebody's in, been in the news this week for laying off like a few hundred people, like um, weeks before Christmas. Yeah, and then of course in the news there was the the whole Sam Altman Altman saga. Oh,
0: I best. mean, was it the? Um, Microsoft and AI, yeah. Right? AI, yeah. I mean, that whole thing was... Mind-blowing. Yeah. That it was super people. interesting. Yeah. Like, um... Modern-day French Revolution.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're ousting the, the king, and
0: then the, the people come back and go, fuck that, bring him back. Yeah, wild. And he's back. Isn't it good? So, like, from my, my very little reading of him is he's, like... An incredible innovator. Like he started so many businesses and apparently Mm. he's just got a real eye for it. Like he can just.
1: But beyond that, he's obviously like a very good leader leader and, you know, people want to work for him. So, you know, it's quite, it's quite uncommon for people to be visionary, but good people managers and good business managers
0: and whatever. Yeah. But would you ever, have you ever found yourself that you would like die on a hill for a particular manager? No. I think you've been that manager. Oh, thanks, man. Like, <laughs> I definitely wouldn't do it for any of my previous, previous bosses. Yeah, uh, I think like I'm trying to think.
1: I mean, there's one that I I would, you know, like I wouldn't fucking quit my job for him. But there, there's one that I, that we both work uh, for, worked for um, and he was really solid. It's so unfortunate yeah. we didn't get to working for that long. Yeah, work for him for that long. Maybe if I worked for him for a longer time, I might have changed my mind. But other than that, I've had some shit managers. <laughs> Yeah,
0: but I'm just trying to think like when you left your most recent post, you (laughs) dragged half of the company with you. (laughs) (laughs) Still going. I know. I'm just watching with glee from the sideline. Yeah, Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
1: So anyway, let's get stuck into it. Nice. All right. We spend a third of our lives at work. So we'll undoubtedly form connections with those people around us, case in point, the man over the the desk from me,
0: Pete, and myself. Yeah, but sometimes these relationships can create tension, conflicts of interest, and sources of unexpected drama. So, mate, friendship at the workplace. Thoughts? Yeah, well, I obviously knew that this topic was
1: coming up this week, so I've been thinking about it a bit um, over the week, and I've got quite a few Friendships at work. I think we, we could we could probably split this into, um, two areas: people that you became friends with at work, yep. or friends who joined you at work.
0: Oh, true. Actually, I've not had the latter happen to me yet. You've had that happen a few times.
1: Yeah, uh, done a couple of times. Yep. It's tr- it's tricky. Um, I but feel
0: reserved about that, to be honest. Do you? Yeah, because I have a. I'm very like I'm I bucket people like I'm like right you're this kind of person <laughs> to explain in my that yeah you like, bucket I, people I like I put people in buckets I'm <laughs> like you're this kind of person to me and then I have a really difficult time kind of like mixing yeah the mashed potato and the peas You got you know to remember I mean. people can't see your hand movements whatever. Yeah so I'm like gesturing here <laughs> it's very Italian of me yeah. <laughs> Um yeah. yeah I have a tough, I have a tough time kind of switching gears in my head I think we talked about this last week mm. it's something you're amazing at Mm
1: yeah, I mean, uh, so like, w- we can very briefly talk about the bringing friends into the workplace thing because um, I've got a bit more experience with it. But it, it is tricky because you're you're pretty much putting your name to that person's performance. Yep, which if you if you're kind of on the fence about whether they're going to be doing a good job or not could backfire massively. Yeah. So I've done it a few times. Like I've brought, uh, one of my best mates in to, um, a previous business early on and he came in, um, doing a job that he'd already done before mm-hmm. and wasn't reporting to me. wasn't in my team. It was just a recommendation. Yep. Um, and I didn't really feel too stressed about that. Uh, do you do a good job? Yeah. Was this yeah. back in Australia? Alt-Mate? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he did a good job. He ended up leaving the business after about three or four years because he wasn't happy with the pay, uh, you know. And
0: That's I not don't a bad think, tenure these days, to be honest. Yeah,
1: and I, and I don't think there was ever any, like, awkwardness, you know, with him going, oh, well, you know I, I'm leaving, I'm not happy. Yep. You know, like it was a personal Fairly amicable,
0: thing. professional thing.
1: That's a new one. That's it, mate. <laughs>
0: How we did uh, that's very interesting. <laughs> we just had a cleaner open the door. <laughs> I was like, this morning's not been great performance-wise because we can hear like I think there's like DJ Jazzy Jeff next door just like yeah. hooning on the on the decks. Rick
1: D's with a weekly weekly 100%. top forty, and then we've had a cleaner come in today. <laughs> I've I've even put the you know we're on air light on, <laughs> just ignored <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, we do okay, anyway. now We'll have a word to manage We will <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. So yeah, uh, so there was never any like awkwardness with him leaving or anything. I, I think, um, it you know you just treat it fairly transactionally. This is a job where friends, irrespective of the job, um, he did a good job uh, anyway, and he wasn't reporting to me. So if the people who weren't happy with his performance weren't happy, then that's on him. Yep. Um, um, interestingly, the same person has moved over to the UK and actually does report indirectly to me. He reports to someone who reports to me.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. On.
1: That person, uh, so his current boss doesn't know we're friends. Right. Um, okay. Purposely. Cause I don't want his boss to be swayed at all by, um, that knowledge. So, um, but thankfully he's doing a fucking good job. He's actually been promoted within six months of being here. So amazing. Yeah, and so his boss is like, oh, you know, this person's brilliant, uh, doing a great job, got great management skills. I, I'm really proud of him, but uh, I'm I'm sort of staying out of any kind of discussions around promoting him or anything. It's, it's completely on his boss as yep. to whether that happens or not. Um, so it's going well. But I guess, like, when I f- first was trying to get him over here, I was like, oh, this is a new role. He's not done that before. Could, could go either way. Um, but... Fundamentally, I knew he was a fucking hard worker, um good at what he did, and he'd probably transition quite well, but either way, we did have that discussion like you know if it doesn't work out, it's we're we're both big boys, we're adults, um you know, like it's a, just a great opportunity um anyway so yeah in in that one, I think it's very important to like segregate the the
0: kind of relationship like you have with them.
1: Yeah, we ha- we've had some adult conversations, and like you know, I- if I tr- chose to leave this business or he did, it's just business, really. Like, um, it, it can get a li- little bit tricky, um, when we when we're catching up outside of work because we talk about work a bit, and you and his, I do his that wife, too. yeah, yeah, his wife and my wife, are like, ugh. I think that's and my my wife and your wife do the same. <laughs> <laughs> your, your husband, yeah. my yeah. husband, yeah, yeah, um but yeah i think it it it's completely doable um and it kind of it's founded on the same principles to be honest with you as what i think is necessary to to generate relations like friendships um with people you work with which again is something we talked briefly about um in a previous episode which is like having a mutual respect for each other's like Skills, capabilities, capabilities and
0: yeah. and opinions yeah it's interesting because i think you're you're so pragmatic with the way that you look at people and how they are. Is you see, you can look at a, a person and take the parts of them that you think are great. You know yeah. what I mean? And so you, it's it's almost like a, your ability to see the best in people. And you're like, okay, well, this person's a really good worker. I don't really care for them as an individual, but therefore <laughs> they're a very good employee. Yeah. Or like it's just I'm I struggle to not take the whole person. It's like yeah. if it was a meal. You'd be like, well, I'll eat this and this and this, and I don't like that, and yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. leave that to the side, whereas I'd be like, I don't want it.
1: Yeah, there's, you know, they, a lot of people say, um, you know, it, it's great to have strengths, but you've got to work on your weaknesses. Yeah. I don't really yeah, – I think there's a time and a place for that. Yeah. Like, if you're doing a project, if you're doing something – like, you know, if someone's doing a role and they're going to be in it for, like, two years maximum or something, Yeah, don't concentrate on the weaknesses or anything, like – just lean into the strengths that's why they're in the role um with with like establishing uh relationships at work yeah um i tend to like celebrate people's strengths um i d- I, I don't treat people differently to dip- like I- in a workplace no,
0: no no and i can vouch for that like uh, I think i'll swear I in front of a ceo and and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the person runs the mailroom yeah, I think also like there is a there is a real – you have a real strong consistency in the way that you approach everyone. Like that, you, you are very you to everybody and anybody who works with you, that you don't like – you're not nicer to some people and not nicer to others unless they're being a real pain in the ass.
1: Maybe that's what – maybe that's sort of the, the thing. Let's explore that a bit more. Like because um, I do see people who are um, – you know, they vary the way that they work with people, like they, they vary the, their interfaces. And to me, that becomes inauthentic.
0: So I see, don't see how you can establish a relationship based on. I that. actually think that's what I find my people may find unsettling about you occasionally, is because I think it's incredibly human to do that. And mm. it's very, I think it's really uh, impressive mm. that you are able to not do that. But I think it's the most human thing you could possibly do is mm. to form enemies and allies in a social context, mm. and treat different people differently based on your relationships with them. I think it's, and so because of that, I think we do form like we we are naturally sort of um, tribal species of people, right? Mm. And it's I I always think it's incredibly professional and impressive of you to be so. I say almost stoic in the way that you sort of approach the way you do your job Mm. but I could see how people would find that really like really maybe almost unsettling because they're like oh really yeah Mm. like so I think about it like this like I know for a fact that there are people I work with where I like them we get along really well we have good banter we're just good mates and so the way that I approach working with them is very different to someone that maybe is really challenging or difficult to work with like and I think a perfect example is like when we we're back in Australia. There was We were part of the same team. You were my manager. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was someone in our team that I did not care for at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the end, that person ended up being kind of problematic on your way out the door mm-hmm. just because I think you sort of were willing to overlook their sort of The elements of them that made them, I think, like sociably a a bad fit for the group. Mm. But like at the end of the day, the skill set that they had, they were an auditor. And so the skill set they had and the way that they carried themselves was perfect in order to undertake a certain role. Mm. So they did their job really well. But I think in terms of like the way that they affected our team's ability to interface with the rest of the business was really impactful in a way that maybe you overlooked because you were focused on how they did their job.
1: Yeah, sometimes I guess like in terms of management skills you need to you need to look at the payoff. So yeah. like yep. in that example I needed someone to do a very specific thing. I knew that they were gonna piss some people off, but I needed them to do it anyway. Yeah, and because their the skill right set was rare. Try. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. But I guess in terms of like friendships though, um yeah, being consistent I think is imp- is incredibly important. Um, so like if 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 we were colleagues first and then I became your manager or vice versa, if we were colleagues and you became my manager, um, for for us to maintain a friendship or develop a stronger friendship, even though you're my manager, the consistency is important mm. because I've seen you before. If you if you became my manager, I've seen you before being my manager, and then I'm seeing you as my manager. You know, so consistency is key. Otherwise, I would feel you're inauthentic.
0: I'd say consistency is key in the way that you... Consistency is important in the way that you interface with people. But you don't have to interface with everyone the same way. Yeah. So, for example, like, I want to be... I'm with you. I like consistent people. So, I like to know what I'm going to get with a certain person. Mm. I find people who are, like, erratic or different day-to-day really stressful... Um, but I also like in terms of consistency in the way that you interface with different people, like I would expect that the way that you interact with me would probably be quite different to how you would interact with other certain people.
1: Yeah. If I get along well with you, of course I'm going to interact differently. But, uh, like what I'm saying is if I suddenly become your manager, yeah, I'm not going to change my language and, up, yeah. and like pretend to be someone different yeah. and whatever, just because I'm your manager and then. You'll see that as inauthentic, you know.
0: Yeah, I would see that as you kind of like trying to assert authority in a really like.
1: Yeah, it's like when someone gets a whole bunch of money all of a sudden, and
0: they turn into a dick. Yeah, yeah.
1: So like, you, you know, it's the same thing when it comes to m- being a manager. You know, you don't throw your money around.
0: Yeah. You don't throw um, your social capital around.
1: Yeah, so I think I've I, you and I are quite similar as managers we treat people this, the way that we would want to be treated and I mean, that that sort of fosters a, a an environment for friendship to to yeah. flourish
0: i think well i think like it it's interesting because like that's exactly it i mean that's how i approach all of my relationships work or not work mm. so i mm. sometimes find it difficult to kind of draw a line because my general my general ethos in life is treat people the way you want to be treated mm. And I'm, I'm probably empathetic to a fault sometimes where I do worry too much about how the other person might feel in a certain situation and my influence over that. Mm. And that, I think, can potentially get in the way of me sort of making decisions or treating or, or sort of interacting with people in a way that is to get a job done. Because at the end of the day, we're paid to be at work. We're paid to get something done. Mm. And sometimes you have to ask people to do things or, or you, know, you have to talk to people in a certain way Mm. That might not necessarily kind of be in line with what you know they want to do or not want to do. I think you and I had a really good conversa- a good conversation yeah. early on. You were like, what eighty percent of work should be good, twenty percent.
1: Yeah, so the way I've always thought about it, um, and I don't know whether I read this somewhere, but it's it's been a fairly consistent um uh, idea for me that like when you're starting in your career, um, eighty percent of what you do you probably won't enjoy. And 20% of what you do, you'll really love. Yeah. And then as you get better at the 80%, strangely enough, it starts to drop away. Yeah. Because you get more senior and more senior. Yeah. So you can start to carve out the things that you really like to do. And that becomes, you know, it sort of swings and counterbalances the other way. So that you sort of, you know, 50% of what you do, you fucking hate and 50% you like.
0: Is that a version of boy math, by the way?
1: And there, yeah, and then sixty percent of what you do, you really like, and then forty percent you yeah. you don't. Yeah. Um. So as you get more senior, and or, or even as you start your own business, you you to a degree can start to influence that more. Yeah. But the fact is, there's always a part of what we do that we fucking hate. Whether it's some people hate doing spreadsheets or admin, or yeah. And talking of, to people or public speaking or whatever. Like there's certain things that you just don't like, but it's a part of the job.
0: And part of that is asking your reports to do that. Yeah. And exactly. you know, you know that you're like, oh, I can know this person's going to hate me for asking him to do this, but they've got to do it. Yeah. And that's where I think that's where it gets a bit murky, isn't it? Like there's a few things that get murky. Like, I mean, I had an incident. We talked about this about a month ago and it's, it's a, like, we won't go into the details of the topic at hand, but we had a conversation at work and, Essentially, we teetered into, I would say, sensitive territory in terms of the topic. And this um, report and I get along really well. I would consider, you know, her to be a friend. And things kind of got derailed because there was sort of, I wouldn't say offense taken, but it was a sensitive topic that caused maybe some distress on her end. Mm. And it kind of spun out of control really quickly. And it was because I think there was... It was the lines of friendship and work blurred, where it was something that caused an issue on a friendship level, but then she pulled, she slammed on the, the workplace sort of like HR alarm.
1: Yeah, which I think you handled incredibly well. Uh, it was very confronting. But to be honest with you, you say that she's a friend, but I don't see that she is one.
0: Well, it's funny, right? Because post mortem of all this, I was like, I had to really reconsider my position on how I interact with my staff. Mm. And part of that is because the way I like to roll is that I do treat my staff the way I'd want to be treated. And and that comes to a place of genuine care and concern that I want them to have a good workplace experience. I want them to enjoy their jobs. I want them to have career progress. I want them to feel engaged, all the things. You know, I want work to be a really positive experience. I think you spend so much time in a workplace, it should Mm. be a positive experience for you. Mm -hmm. And that comes from a place of like, I like them as individuals and therefore it's because I like them as individuals. I care about them. And Mm. as soon as I care about someone, boom, Mm. that's when it falls into like, okay, well you're more than just a colleague. Mm. There are plenty of colleagues I work with. I couldn't give two fucks about, you know? Mm. And so for me, that's where I'm like, where is that borderline? Where does it suddenly go from being, you know, being a concerned manager to being like, I care about you.
1: Yeah. But Mm. I actually think that that's the crux of where you're blurring the lines of friendship and, and care. Mm. So like, um, for example, if you left
0: next week, do you think that she would come with you? Uh, I think no, and but it's not because of her. because of you. Not no. because of me. I think no. it's because she's this is her first. Um, no, no, but it's it's a no, right? Like Yes. Ba- bear with me. There's it's context a, here, me. but yeah, sure. It's a no. Right? All right. Like, I feel like I'm being back to the corner, but yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so like fu- fundamentally, you've created an environment for her. Um, which is safe, secure, enjoyable yep. um, because that's how you would want to be treated as well.. Yep. And so like this security that, this scenario that you've created is actually very similar to what you would expect in a friendship. Yep. but for her it's a job, right Like she's actually probably been ruined for the next part of her career because she'll expect that um, from other people, but really she'll probably get transactional interfaces with the rest of her managers for a while.
0: Yeah, especially Um, if she gets one. Like, I mean, I'm like our age gap between us is only ten years, which is mm. like not big. Mm. If she got someone who is maybe in their late forties, early fifties, it would be a completely different Mm -hmm. situation for her. In saying that, she's very well established. She has a lot of workplace friends. Like, she's Mm. a very popular girl at Mm. work. So, but I think
1: I I think like the key here is that you're you're very driven about um, making people feel safe, secure, and enjoy their work. Yeah. I am also similarly driven because I fundamentally believe that the people who I work with or who work for me will perform at their best when they are happy
0: and when they're safe and secure. Yeah, I so agree. With that. And I think that that's a, there's a, I think that that's, The case with her as well. Mm. I think that she's able to just get on with her job Mm. because she doesn't have to worry about all the other garbage that comes with like having a bad manager or Mm -hmm. feeling like like I'm in a position. I'm in the opposite situation to her. I've Mm -hmm. basically got like a non-present manager at the moment. Yeah, and it causes me a lot of like you know you have to really put a lot of mental energy into tunnel visioning to just focus on.
1: But the thing the thing I was trying to explain to you very poorly it was (laughs) that this is her first job. Yeah. Had she gone through a shit manager before? Yeah she would probably be very like, grateful. grateful she, you know, if if you left, she'd probably follow you, you know, completely different situation. And she'd probably see the stuff that you're talking about as more friendship based as yeah. well. So yeah. I think whilst you're seeing what you're giving her is more than, you know, more than just a, a line manager responsibility, which it definitely is, she doesn't appreciate it yet.
0: I will say though, my counterpoint to that is she's young enough that I think she sees work is like kind of like university, like everyone's a friend. Mm. So I actually think that she thinks everyone's a mate. <laughs> but you know, it's like, would you follow one mate to go to a new role, or would you stay behind with the fourteen other mates that you already have? You know, it means a one or fourteen sort of deal.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: Whereas um, the other one, I think, is a better case study. So I've got I've got two staff that work for me and. The other one, she's had a couple managers. She's slightly older. Mm. So she appreciates the value of certain management things that I bring to the table, i.e. caring about her future, her well-being, all this sort of stuff. Mm. So for her, I don't face some of the, what was to say? I don't want to say ungrateful because I don't think either of them are ungrateful, but I th- maybe they're taken for granted. Yeah, She doesn't, I feel, take certain elements of my management style for granted. Mm-hmm. She has other proclivities. And I know for a fact that, if I went to another workplace and there was a role there that was more, I think a lot of the restrictions we have at our current company are sort of a lack of buy in from management. And that's not a reflection on the work we do. It's more a reflection on the, the structure level of the the structure yeah. of the business. If I went to another business that had, you know, real chutzpah about the way they wanted to kind of approach certain bits and pieces that we do. I have no doubt she'd be like, I'll be, I'll be there with you sort of thing. Mm, Yeah. Um, And she's kind of sort of hinted at that anyway.
1: Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, uh, naturally both of us develop friendships with the people who work for us because we're establishing a very safe environment. Yeah. So care of them really. Yeah. Um, so it's been a really interesting year because, uh, economically it's been very tough, uh, globally in most industries. Um, and so things like team bonding and team building uh, events and, and social activities being been a bit restricted. Yeah. I am known for taking my whole team go-karting. Yeah, I've been on one of those events. You've been a few. Just the one. No, you went to the one in Australia and then you went to the
0: Oh, I did go. I sucked at the one in Australia. That's right. Yeah,
1: you've been to a few. I've been to a few, yeah. Well, the most, <laughs> <laughs> the most recent one you went to, remember, there's one of our team... Team guys drove into another one. That's right. And one of them
0: broke their ribs. (laughs) Oh yeah, bless his heart. Uh, Older gentleman, so it wasn't you know. But he 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 was like, oh, I've just got a bit, bit, bit bit bruised, bit, bit bruised, sore. (laughs) Then he went.
1: We went out and had drinks afterwards. He stayed out until two in the morning. Then he called me the next day. He's like, "There's definitely something wrong with my ribs." (laughs) I'm like, "Did you do that go karting, or did you do that drinking later?" Um. Anyway, so that side note should be careful about what kind of social events you do team building events but um i think those things are incredibly important i think teams need to have downtime they need to you know um connect uh beyond just a kind of task based um relationship with each other they need to appreciate you know sense of humor like social interactions all that sort of stuff um yeah. and that's probably where uh, friendships tend to f- um flourish anyway not just based on doing a tough task together. Yeah. Um so these things are quite important but this year's been pretty tricky because you no know budgets budgets are tighter and all that sort of stuff. So have you been you've got a slightly smaller
0: team. How have you been sort of trying to build that? Well, it's interesting cuz like I think something I definitely need to do and I'm in the process of working on is bringing another male into the team. Uh-huh. Um but for a while there it's interesting because I don't, I still don't understand how girls like work in terms of socially, but I'm doing my best. But I was for a while taking them out for together for like breakfast every uh-huh. now and again, yeah. Um, and then I found that it was more effective in terms of building my relationships with them as individuals by taking them individually out. So I'd take them out once a week, like uh-huh. which is quite a lot. But mm-hmm. It was like a coffee or a bit of breakfast or whatever, and it was just a good. And I it, the, the premise was like let's just like keep this like fairly like high level in terms of work. Like, is there anything you want to like get out in the open while we're on our one-on-ones? Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was pretty social. Like, I, like, you know, it was like, what's going on telling me about like, you know, who you're dating at the moment, like all that sort of stuff. And that's me. I think that was me really fleshing out, like how far do I want to lean into this? Like big brother boss vibe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And trying to sort of get a sense of like, how am I going to get the most out of these two young women? I like to try and understand people holistically. Mm. So, you know, some managers, their whole thing is like, you know, what you do out of work is your business sort of thing. I I, I have a really tough time with that because I think the world we live in these days, we're so connected constantly with things like social media and everything is so immediate. Like mm. it's really hard for our personal lives not to bleed into our mindset. And I'd say it's a rarity that someone can just like switch their head off and get into work mode.
1: I'd take that even further, right? Like with the prevalence of, well, the, the more, I don't know whether it's gotten worse or whether it's just more um, people are more aware, mm. but with the prevalence of mental health issues, yeah, as a manager, like I often feel like I've got a duty of care um, to my staff. and yeah, me too. And if they like beyond just the kind of workplace and if they don't, If I know that there's something wrong and I don't know what it is, I can't help. Yeah. So uh, there's someone in one of my extended teams at the moment who has made it known that they've got family struggles. Yeah. But they've not told the right people about it. Right. So they've told a colleague uh, who's not in the team uh, that they've got some family struggles. They've not told their line manager. They've not told HR. Mm. There's some performance issues around this person. Yeah. And so my opinion is, look, we kind of need to know what's going on so that we can establish some boundaries. It. Like, yeah. you know, do, is, it, is it your daughter has got some challenges and therefore you need to start work later at 10 o'clock, mm-hmm. you know, or do you need to take Fridays off? Or like, you know, at least we can put some framework around that yeah, to yeah, try yeah. and support you so that you're not juggling everything. Um, and that's where you really start to blur the lines between a personal and professional interface. But, but, but I think th- it's important. I agree. Like
0: I was talking, having a conversation with one of them and she travels all the way from Surrey. So mm. she's got an hour and a half commute each way to get to work. Mm. And like currently our work, our office structure has come into the workplace three days a week. Yeah. Now she's made it very clear that she likes to, um, she likes to be in the office, mm. which is, you know, that's fine. But I've also, there are days where I can tell she's absolutely knackered. I don't blame her. Like she gets to the end of the week and it's like an added, she's adding three hours to her day of just sitting on a train. Mm. And I've said to her, I'm like, if you don't feel like coming into the office or you're tired or you need to sleep in or it's dark and it doesn't, you know, the sun's not coming up till nearly nine o'clock now. Mm. I'm like, you just want a day at home, an extra day at home. Just do it. You know, you don't even need to ask. Just tell me in the morning, unless we have a really important meeting that I need you in the office for, which very rarely happens. Not much can't do over teams these days. Just text me in the morning. Be like, Hey, I'm just going to work from home today. Mm. And it's, you know, and part of that is like if I was one of those managers that didn't care, about their livelihood and, and what's going on. Like at one point, I think her mum got quite uh, – she had surgery and she looked after her mum and, and I could see the stress building and I think she's – I think that we're in this weird transitional period where the old school mentality is like keep your personal life at home. And then –
1: Yeah, I just don't – I don't see that. As you said, there's just too many connections now. I just don't see that as feasible with, with respect to – the kind of benefits that people want to, so you know, like if you want remote working, if you want flexible working, if you want a me day every month, if you want like, you know, um, yeah. us to as a as organisations to concentrate not not only on like your performance but your health, like yeah. mental health, physical health, you know, discounted gym memberships, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, there is there is less kind of information that is
0: personal. Yep. these days like but that goes in reverse as well so like businesses can't expect people to be at the reach all the time because of things mm. like mobile phones and teams and whatever else mm. you know and then expect people to you know be professional all the time as well like mm. I can't expect to be able to text my staff member at seven in the morning mm. and then also you know be like oh but I don't want to know what's going on yeah for sure at home
1: yeah but in that example I was using with the start like the sort of st- staff member in one of my teams, like if I, if I sat down with him, had a coffee and said, look man, what, just let me know what's going on, Cause I want to help. He could, yeah. he's fully within his rights to just say, fuck off. Like, yeah. It's my, my, bu- none my of business. business. Yeah. But I think like,
0: but then you don't get to come to work and drop your performance. Exactly. It goes both ways. It's, exactly. it is a two way street. Yeah. I like this particular issue I was talking about before is that there was an issue and I approached and said, you know, this is what's going on sort of thing. And, I was basically told, like, well, I don't want to talk about it right now." Mm. And in my head, I was like, "That's fine. You're entitled to that." However, it is blatantly obvious to me that you're upset, and it's 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 coming across at work. It's mm. affecting my performance. It's affecting your performance. Mm. So it's it's either or sort of thing. Like, yeah. you're either more transparent, and you get the benefits of that, or you know, you want to be.
1: And this is this is where I kind of challenged you when when we talked about this uh, off off air yes. like a number of weeks ago and I, and I think that there's like a bit of a lack of respect from her end to you yeah and I, I would think, agree I don't think that's your fault I think there are underlying things with her yeah and for you to have a long-lasting r- friendship and a strong work relationship that respect paradigm needs
0: to improve I will say to her credit, because I was very, I mean, you you saw it firsthand. That really shook me, that whole experience. Mm. And I've got—I've come in with a bit of trepidation, but I've really, like, it's been now, what, nearly two months, and the, the effort and the energy that she's putting into, you know, trying to, like, repair the relationship is, like, I'm really impressed with. Like, That's good. So it's, that's been positive. So I think she sort of took the experience away and had a good hard think about it and was like, oh, hang on. Mm.
1: But I think, um, so some of the relationships, actually, let me have a think about it. Um, yeah, let's have a silence for a second. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's how podcasts work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crickets. In, um, insert fucking transition music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> insert elevator music. Yeah. While, <laughs> yeah. while I have a think. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure that like, um, the relationships that I've built within the workplace, All of them, there is a transparency around personal circumstance now. Yeah. So, like, um, there's a person that we both worked with. She worked very closely, or she was one of my direct reports. Um, Her partner had um, really significant health issues. Um, Trying to hear this is. And then she went to Greece. um, Yep, right. uh, And I just said, look, this is way more important than work. You know, if you need to, you can work from Greece. Yep. I trust and respect you to get your work done, um, but I also am more than happy for you to just completely dial off. Um, yeah, whatever you need. Yeah, th- just spend time with your partner because this is incredibly important and yeah. you don't want to look back five years and just regret the fact that you didn't take the time and you were just spending it on work. Like, it's bullshit. Yeah. So she did that and then, thankfully, the, the health issues got a lot better. Yeah. Um, and then she you know, she gave me her apartment in Greece for like – my honeymoon like she was just so thankful to me it wasn't something that i wanted to i wanted anything back from it was just the right thing to do yeah and now i've left that business um and we've got an incredibly strong friendship still Yeah. um but and it wasn't just because i did something for her she did something for me it's just that there was like you're a decent human being respect and and like i would like to think that if she was my manager she would have done the same thing
0: yep for sure and i know
1: for a fact she would have more noises It's <laughs> <laughs> great day today yeah mate. um yeah so i think as well like um leaning into the the respect piece um how do you feel that you deal with like it where, where you've established more like a friendship within um within the workplace um let's say it's w- with a direct report how do you how do you sort of deal with conflict how do you deal with like someone, you're working on a project, someone works for you. They're like, this is how
0: I think we should do it. And you're like, no, nah, we're not doing it that way. Mm, so that's interesting because I struggle with that. I've gotten better. I've realized that in a weird way with direct reports, without being a dick, sometimes like showing a bit of authority and structure is actually kind of what they realize they don't realize they need or want. Mm. So I actually early on in the piece was like, oh, I don't want to upset anyone. So like everyone's opinions valid. Like, let's try and do like what everyone wants to do. Like Mm. vote on consensus sort of thing. And I felt like by giving too much kind of like freedom and responsibility to them both, like at first they were like, oh, it's great. Like we get to, but after a while, I actually noticed that it started to cause like a level of stress and frustration. I don't necessarily think they realized what, why, but after time I was like, oh, actually like, I need like, the, long, the long-term the long effects of giving them too much responsibility and freedom actually started to deteriorate yeah. their approach. And again, I don't think they were cognizant of it. It's like if you let a kid, you know, you see kids when their parents aren't strict enough on them yeah. and they're just not happy kids. Yeah, Then, you know, like in the immediacy of it, they're like, oh, I get to do whatever I want, but it doesn't give them that fulfillment yeah. of like that discipline does. So it's an interesting
1: point, mm. and I think this is a good little, little, little trick to take away. Um, there are and it does impact your kind of relationship um, if you don't manage this the right way. But I, the way I do this now mm. is that I very clearly establish when this is a collaborative decision and when it's not, when it's not yeah, from the outset. Yep. It's like team, this decision needs to be made really fast. This is my decision. This is the way we're going with it. Yep. Um, if you really, really don't like it, let me know if you've got a real reason why you're not a fan. Yep. Let me know. Um, but otherwise, like this is the way we're doing it, and then there's other situations that are not time dependent where I can open up the floor. Mm. I might still have a strong opinion, mm. but I'm very respectful of what everybody else thinks. Well, um, like, I'm, I'm not precious about whether they steer me completely the other way. I'm yeah. a t- I'm a tough person to steer, as you know. But like, yeah, I I do know. Yeah. But
0: also, like, I've never I've never felt oh, there's been very few instances where I've walked away and been really genuinely annoyed at, like, you making certain decisions. I can't, like, it's definitely one or two times, but typically, like...
1: And I think I just didn't <laughs> establish the parameters, though, early on. So I think so. Like, I, I like mean, if I gave you a piece of work and I actually intended it to be done a certain way... Yeah. Early on in, in you know, my management experience with you... Yeah. I wasn't clear enough saying, this by is the way, this is how I want you to do it, yeah. or this is what I want it to look like. Yeah now i'm like okay i need to get it done by this time i want it probably this way. can't have too much interaction or too many opinions like bang yep. bang bang that's how it needs to be done off you go and do it team
0: and then that's also like a reflection on me being young and precious to me like oh, i worked on this so it has to be the way i've envisioned yeah. it being yeah, yeah but like what i found particularly with like i'll give you a good example is like on friday we were editing a some film footage for a training thing we're working on. Mm -hmm. And I think six months ago, you know, just going through the footage, I was like, do we want to go through it person by person or do we want to get the footage section by section? Or like, you know, there's several ways to to skin a cat. Mm -hmm. And I was, I would typically like, oh, you know, whatever you want to do, like whatever you find easiest, whatever. But in my head, I was like we we'll probably just do it this way. Like that would make sense. Mm. But it wasn't a critical enough decision for me to just be like, we'll do it this way. Mm. And so typically I would have, you know, put it to the floor. And then mm-hmm. I've now realized that me just being like, let's just do it this way. Because I think she sort of said, I don't really care. Mm. But I was too cautious to be like, well, we'll do this. Mm. Now I'm like, we'll do this. And I've noticed, like I said, the overall health of my relationships with my teams are better. And it like I said, mm. the analogy I draw to is like when you've got, children with discipline Mm.
1: yeah yeah so i think it's about like picking the moments when you are directive and picking the moments when you're collaborative yeah and again even with friendships in the workplace that is quite healthy you know so like if if you work for me you're my mate still outside of work and i go mate i need you to do this thing and i need you to do it by, by now by this time and ideally this way if there's a mutual level of respect there and you understand the parameters, you're going to go and do it. Well, they'll trust that you've asked for it that way for a reason. Yeah. yeah. If there isn't the respect there and you go off and you don't do it well, you don't do it by the deadline, you don't do it like... Of course, the deadline's unreasonable. It's a completely different story. But yeah, if you don't do it within like within those the parameters, parameters there's, asked. A, there's a lack of respect there. You yeah. know, if you go, ah, oh, fuck it, I don't think... I don't think Pete knows what he's talking about. I'm going to do it this way. It's yeah, better. Yeah. I don't think Jules knows what he's talking about either. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. going to do it this way. I'm going to color. The colors are going to be different. Fuck him. Yeah. You know, like that's ob- obviously there's a respect breakdown there. I or think a there's communication a communication breakdown. But like, well, I think, uh, you know, it's about being really clear in those situations where you want things done a certain way.
0: I think the other thing that's tricky, right, is you've just kind of touched on is like justifying your decisions, right? is I went through a period of time where I felt like every directive I gave had to come from a justified place. And so I would give my staff way more insight behind the curtain than they really needed. Mm. It's like I constantly have conversations with Australia. Without
1: without it being solicited?
0: Yeah. So like, well, yes and no. Yeah. So like, for example. Because you're a new manager. Yeah, exactly. So like I I would have certain decisions that I'd have to make based on conversations I had with the global, Mm. you know, head of, my department. And, you know, Australia is doing a certain thing. So, okay, well, I'll have to, I've got to align this and he, he's thinking this, and they might want to change it six months from now. And so these are all things that as my role requires of me, I have to contend with and make decisions on. Mm -hmm. And I would find myself including my staff in those conversations to justify, well, I want to do it this way because we have to worry about. And I found that, there was a certain level of like, oh well, thanks for the context, but then I would watch them start to ruminate and stress over some of those mm. things. So, for example, Australia's like, well, we're doing this now, but in six months' time, we're probably going to change it. That doesn't mean it's still that. That means it still has to be done, but mm. you will do it again in six mm. months. And so I would say, okay, well, Australia's thinking this and this, and we're going to have to change this in six months. We're going to do this anyway, and I would see them kind of be like, well, why should we do it now then? Like mm. it's going to be changed in six months, and then there would be a kickoff about like you know, what Australia is doing and why they're doing this. And like, Mm. and then my decision-making based on what their parameters they've set on me. Mm. And it just murkied the water further because it was like, I had to contend with like tug of war between two different parties and Mm. I'm in the middle.
1: Yeah. So like, I think when you're a new manager, establishing those boundaries is actually critical because it it will be very clear if you haven't established them, Mm. if you ever get to the situation where you have to say, because I said so. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. In Which those feels words so in those words or in any other sort of form, like because I'm your manager, cause I'm the boss, whatever. If you ever have to say, because I said so, like you, you can pretty much guarantee that, that you've not established the parameters of the, either relationship or the project. well, well that, enough. That's
0: implied though, isn't it? Really? Like if you have a respect for relationship, if you've said something, there shouldn't really be anything else to it. Like the, I respect you. I trust you. I'm going to do it.
1: You'd think that, but like if I gave you a task and I gave you creative and free license to go and do it and then you came back and you did it a completely different way to what I expected and I didn't quite like it, I'd say, look, I want you to go and change these things and you've spent all this time, you know, thinking about it, yeah. probably thought of a, of, a, of a different way of doing it that, that makes sense to you. If I don't explain why it's not good enough and whatever, um, we're going to get into an argument because I've not established the parameters. I've not yeah. said to you, "Here is where your creative license sits yeah. within this bound and this bound. You can make these decisions, but I've already made those decisions." You know, like that. That's where you start to get stuck in there. What if it know. gets to?
0: What if it comes to an intersection of preferences? Mm. So, like, you just hate the color green. Mm. And there's no other reason to it apart from the fact that you just don't like green. And yeah. I'm like, why well, fucking love green? And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, so my choice is right now: do we pick a color you like or color I like? I'm the more senior person in the situation. Yeah, because I said so because it's my preference.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: You know what I mean? It's it's.
1: I think sometimes as a junior member of staff, you just got to suck that up. You know, like, and that's the thing, right? So, but it doesn't it doesn't feel good, obviously. No, and of I course. Think that's when. You know, establishing that relationship boundary is important. Being consistent is important.
0: Yeah. Well, so, I mean, and really when we're speaking and what we're speaking about today is a hallmark of millennial managers. Like when I went through this hoo-ha two months Mm ago, Mm -hmm. I like hit the internet hard. I was like, oh my God, (laughs) managing's hard. And (laughs) like millennials, and this is- I'm laughing because that's very you. It's very me. Um, Millennials are notorious for overcompensating for other people's feelings because we, we were under considered by our seniors and mm. our, so you know it's the same thing you're watching people millennials who are, have kids now mm. and apparently the kids that millennials are raising are absolute terrors because millennial parents are like well, what do you want darling like you know just over considering their kids feelings rather than introducing a sense of authority
1: where, where i i actually think you know when when i when I'm a parent, I'm going to be doing exactly what I said I was going to do just before, which is say setting boundaries. All right, Johnny, th- this is something that you don't get to decide on. I'm telling you to do that. Yep. But this thing over here, I'm more than happy to hear about what choices you want to make.
0: I think you will be a really good parent. I, I think <laughs> like because of that, Mm. insane and also because you're given the opportunity to manage at a young age mm. and part of like skills of being a manager do kind of cross over to parenting. Mm. I think that what you're saying about the because I said so is the battle cry of boomers. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And so like we have a whole generation now who know what it's like to be on the receiving end of being underconsidered, mm. invalidated, emotions mm. not really being considered, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like we have a whole now generation of over correctors mm. who are just gonna be terrified of putting someone else's feelings out or yeah. making someone feeling underconsidered. Well, how many
1: times have your parents said to you because I said so? Oh a many, lot, right? Many. Yeah, and and it's frustrating. My wife says this to me as well about her dad. She's like, "I fucking hate when he's said to me." Just because, yeah. And so, like, when she says to me, "Do you want to do this thing?" and I say no, she says, "Why?" I'm like, "I just don't." She's like, "That's not an answer."
0: That is not an answer. My partner does the same thing. Like, we've already established that. Like, I am your wife, and my partner (laughs) is you, which is weird. But like, it's also potentially why we get along so well in the workplace. Mm. Is we do kind of we do like this is to. Preface and say, we both, our partner, we have both in very successful, healthy relationships (laughs) with our partners. And it's a good reason why, like, myself and Julian are so compatible Mm -hmm. as friends. But I get the same thing from my partner. Mm -hmm. And I find that sometimes, like, perfect example. This is a great anecdote. We went and saw the Barbie movie. And my favorite thing after a movie is to like kind of unpack it, which is so English of me. Like to be like, oh, you know, like you know, in English school they're like, oh, the maison song and all the bullshit around the mm-hmm. movie. But I actually find that stuff really interesting now. And we watched the Barbie movie, and I was like, you know, what do you think? Da 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 da. And he was like, ah, didn't rate it, didn't like it. And I was like, wow, that's so interesting to me because I thought it was so well done, considering I think it was such a hard project to do well. Like there was a hundred ways to make that a shit film and only a couple where it was going to be good and it was good. Mm. And if you looked at the movie, just we're going to tangent on Barbie movie, but if you look at the movie in isolation without the context of Barbie as a commercial product, Mm. the movie is not that great. Like Mm. plot lines are weird and there's a whole bunch of things that it's problematic in a lot of ways. But if you take it in the context of the greater picture of society Mm. and, you know, Growing up with Barbie, I was seeing girl, girls play with Barbie and, and the social context of all, it's a really smart piece of um, branding for for mm. Barbie. Mm. And when he said, oh, I just didn't like it, I was like, oh, why? And I'm genuinely fascinated because I thought it was so good. And I'm like, well, what didn't resonate with you? And he hadn't really thought about it and he couldn't give me an answer. And he was like, well, because I just didn't like it. And mm. I'm like, yeah, but like, what didn't you like? Like, I'm, there has to be a reason. Mm. And... It took him a while, like we kinda of had a bit of a heated back and forth because I was like, I don't care, you don't like it. I just wanna know why. I'm curious to know why. And he was really incensed by the fact that I was questioning his he's like, Well, I just don't I don't like it. Like don't yeah, don't try and convince me otherwise. No, you know? no.
1: So what what what's actually going on there, I think. I mean I'm not a psychologist, but what I like. Think Tell me, husband. On there. <laughs> yeah, what I think is going on there is like you've caught him in a moment where he's got a feeling that he doesn't enjoy something, but he has not put the effort into understanding why. Understanding why, and that happens all the time in the workplace. Yeah. So, like, if someone comes to you with with an idea and you've got a feeling that you don't like it, yep. and you can't explain why, and you just say no, you just say no, nope, it's not happening. That starts to break down internal relationships at yeah. the workplace. Yep. Um. And, of course, coming back full circle to our actual topic here around friendship, that's mm. when things like that start to break down. you know. Mm. So, like, if I've got a, um, a friend at work, someone who's worked for me for ages, for example, who was at my, my birthday dinner, um, he's worked with me for like the last three years in the UK, super clever guy, I'm, he- I'm hugely respectful for his capabilities and yep. his talents and all that sort of stuff. So there's, like, a mutual respect there anyway. If, if yep. he came to me with an idea and I just said no... Yeah, he'd like, be a little bit like, oh... Yeah, like, how would you make that... Like, how do you think you'd be feeling about yeah, that? Yeah, like, bit rejected. Wh- why no? Yeah. Like, if I'm not putting the effort in to explain why or, like, contextualize... It, it leaves it open to so again, much interpretation. it's disrespectful without yeah. it being... So, like, with, with your husband, it's not disrespectful. It's just that he's not put the energy into yeah. giving you what you need. Um, And it could be because he's fucking exhausted and, like, you know, he's had a long week and he just doesn't have the energy to... to you know, I analyze the fucking Barbie movie. (laughs) Some people
0: also like that. Some people have a natural inclination and I would like hazard a guess that your wife is similar to me in that. Like, I like to really understand my stance in the world. And if I have a feeling, my instinct is to kind of sit with that feeling and kind of observe it and look at it Mm -hmm. from different angles and points of view and really unpack it. Mm -hmm. And some of my, closest friendships like that whole backbone of what we do is we sit down and we kind of unpack our feelings together
1: yeah it's different personalities but some some people will just trust their gut yep you know and it's like okay but why does your gut make you think that yeah it just fucking does yeah you know and there's there's a reason yeah there's reasons behind it but they don't need to know they don't need to know in their own head they don't care what it is they just just know look my gut tells me this is shit
0: I'm not going to look any further than that yep and that's just that's just a difference of the way that people kind of process. Mm. And so that's something to overcome as well. Like think about how complicated a friendship is on its own, a relationship in general, mm. you know, like you have different wants, needs, prerogatives, desires, mm. all that sort of mm. stuff. Then throw in, you know, the nuances of like a working relationship and hierarchy and all this other stuff. So, yeah, you know, it's complicated. Mm. Um, You know, at the end of the day, I think we've talked about this, like after my little dilemma a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. i really was like right no more friends at work i'm pulling back I don't need mm-hmm. this da, da, da. but work becomes a fucking bleak place to be it when does, you've got yeah, no yeah. friends
1: look i i I, w- I tried to counsel you away from changing the way that you act as like at work. death to them all and you're like
0: nah mate just chill
1: yeah no you need, need you shouldn't change who you are as a consequence of a of a bad interaction with someone like you should be the same person irrespective yeah um Un, un sort of reservedly and unapologetically the same person no matter what and yeah. if you're not in the place that that respects and celebrates that you're not in the fucking right place yeah. and sometimes it takes a while to realize that and you know like the the it's a great idea to have you might end up jumping around to fifty different places before you find the right one that can be quite unsettling and not particularly rewarding I'm not suggesting that you have to find the perfect place that you know Knows you for you and celebrates you for you, but like if, if you're in a place that is that anti, you know you or you in relationships that's that anti you or you with friends mm-hmm. or colleagues that are that anti you, yeah. that they're trying to like stop you being you. You're in the wrong situations, basically.
0: Well, it's interesting, I think we we'll not prob- you that's wrong. Well, I think we'll probably cover this in the. in in another topic with you know sort of like me being gay and like what it's like to you know talking about diversity and inclusion and stuff Mm. but i've always sort of said i've really only had like in life only have a handful of friends and at work it's even more so because i've always felt like a bit of a fish out of water Mm. um but i've always had a come to jesus moment when i've like when we left my old business in australia Mm. and i think i called you shit face it was my like leaving drinks And I'd spent the last four months of my time on a project and I got to be with the same team of people every day for like four months. Mm -hmm. And it was a bit of a blessing in disguise. So I had a manager that thought he'd put me in the corner and really he'd actually just put me um, among a group of people that actually I really liked being around. And so I'd go to the same project day in, day out for four months and I actually for the first time because I wasn't kind of a roaming resource mm. connected with people, made friends and like felt like I kind of belonged a little bit. Mm. And I had this farewell drinks and I had a moment where I was like, Oh my God, I have friends at work and it was such a like prolific moment. I was mm. like quite overwhelmed by the idea of it. And I was like, and I'm leaving. Mm. <laughs> and I remember like thinking to myself, like I'd always kind of told myself I don't need friends at work because mm. I'd always felt like I wasn't entitled to them because being different and what all, mm. this, all this other stuff. But like, you know, we talk about the trickiness of friendship and, and managing relationships, but I would say that, like, you have to have friends at work. Yeah, as you uh, as
1: you said at the beginning, or well, maybe it was me. Uh, a thir- was it a it third was, of you? It was me, yeah. Yeah. Me, yeah. A third of your <laughs> life is at work, or two-thirds, <laughs> or whatever it might be. I hope know? it's not
0: two-thirds. It shouldn't be two-thirds.
1: Whatever it might be is a significant <laughs> proportion of your life. You need to enjoy it. You need to develop strong relationships, and there are good ways to do it, and I yeah. think – like what we've discussed today is that it, you know, a fundamental thing is a mutual respect um, for each other. Yep, and also establishing an environment that is safe, secure, fun, um, that challenges people in the right way. Yeah, um, so it's definitely possible. Yeah, we we don't have time to sort of packing uh, sort of unpack uh, some some of our more historic friendships oh, they'll uh, come anecdotes <laughs> um, they will definitely come up because the there was one one like obviously when when we first started working together I I left that job and that that impacted you quite negatively.
0: Oh, we'll talk about it another day. But the yeah. hissy fit I threw,
1: yeah, yeah, A younger version of
0: myself I threw a hissy
1: fit. But we're, st- we're still we're still mates. mates. We pulled through. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had to I had to leave you. You've done that to me f-
0: twice, mate.
1: Yeah, but I the second time I warned you about it. <laughs> That's fair. But um,
0: yeah, you had to like literally I, I not to, speak to me for about a week. I had to leave
1: you for a, leave you on your own for a few months after I left the job just to calm down. That's but right. Inside You'd- the job, I had to not talk to you for a week because you were I was sort pissed. Of, yeah. Amen. Yeah, you're on, I remember you're on like, a ledge.
0: You're like, you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> leave me <you> alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway, that's us.
1: That's us. Yeah, cool. mate. Sweet. Let's get on to the, uh, the next segment. Yes. All right. Welcome back. We're on to our segment called, we like to call, What Would You Do? Yep. So, I'm going to quiz Pete. It's a bit tricky, but follow follow me. me. I'm going to quiz Pete and he's going to respond as if he were me. So if you were in my shoes, how would you think I would respond to these questions? Right. And this is tricky because we're polar opposites. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So what would you do if you could see into the future?
0: I don't think you'd look in the future. Really? That's oh no, actually, that's probably no. Okay, so I think first thing you'd 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 want to find out how you can invest your money so <laughs> that you'd you'd be financially settled.
1: Yeah, yeah, but actually, you're, you're right. Like I do some of the financial stuff, but I actually don't. I think don't think I'd you'd want to know the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
0: knowing yeah. you, I think you'd be. I think it would cause you too much stress to know certain outcomes. So I think you'd find you'd 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 be very pragmatic as you always are. And you'd look into the future to set yourself up financially, not yeah. to be a dickhead about it. Yeah. You just make sure that you were sort of, you had enough. Yeah. You're not a greedy person.
1: Yeah. Oh, well done. Yeah. That's surprising. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Surprised right. that I know you. Ha <laughs> yeah. ha. Yeah. All right. What would you do if you found out someone from your past was planning to kill you? Just kill them first. <laughs> Simple. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what would you do if you were given the chance to go into outer space? You'd go. I wouldn't go.
0: You wouldn't go to space.
1: Uh, Doesn't interest you. Fucking scary, man. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I'm not uh, like, I don't know. I'm a pretty, like pretty consistent sort of person. Doesn't interest you. to do skydiving and like. I've done skydiving.
0: Don't rate it, by the way. It wasn't as fun as I thought it would be.
1: What would you do if you only had 24 hours to live? Obviously not skydiving.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, you would spend it with your wife. Yeah. Probably Definitely. at home. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. No, actually, you know what? You guys are going ha- – you know, I know what you do. You would take your wife out and you would have an absolute baller of a meal, like mm. an incredible meal. Mm. Uh, and then, yeah, you'd probably go home and have some alone time. Yeah,
1: probably. What would you do if you found naked pictures of yourself on the internet?
0: <laughs> ah, okay. I think you'd, well, knowing you, there's not much you can do about it when they're out there. Yeah. I think you'd make a joke out of it.
1: Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you do if you'd lost all you had worked for in life overnight?
0: Uh okay I think you'd have I think you'd have a moment to like have a bit of a fucking cry about it you'd call your dad and have a chat to him about it and then you would regroup and come up with a new plan Yeah probably
1: Um what would you do if you could go back in time and give your
0: parents advice before you were born Oh I think it'd be like the future thing. Oh uh, no, okay. So I think in your circumstances you'd you'd go back and you'd you'd do the bare minimum to avoid some of the worst things occurring in life mm. and then you'd leave it at that. Yeah, I think so. Good answer. Okay, two more. What could you
1: what would you do if you fell into a gorilla's enclosure? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. I don't know. Uh okay. Well, you're an ex, you're an ex athlete, so I think you'd be oh, oh, gorillas though, and and emphasis on the word ex athlete. <laughs> I know not, what I'm you should not, do, just, and I'm the trying man to. Think I what, used to be. I think what what would you what you would do and what you should do are two different things. <laughs> I think you would ah. Uh, I don't know what do is anyone do in those circumstances. What you should do is find one of them that would think you would be its baby, and <laughs> <laughs> that's what you should do. I wouldn't take on one of the bigger ones. I'll rip your arms off and beat you with wanna,
1: them. I just want to caveat this and say this is not like plausible advice. You're hairy enough though. <laughs>
0: yeah, but like-
1: if you're yeah, don't do in this. a gorilla enclosure, please don't pretend to be the gorilla's baby.
0: I think that's all you could do. Or until someone rescues you. I don't know. I'd just
1: fucking play dead or like... I think they'd freeze. figure that out. I'd be like pretending to be a tree.
0: I think they'd figure that shit out, mate. <laughs> Probably. They're pretty smart. All right, last one.
1: <laughs> what, what would you do if you could switch gender for a day? Oh,
0: I think we all know what we'd do. What? Well, look. I think we there's a few things you'd want to experience from the other side of the table. Yeah. So probably that. Although, although this is like a this is a trick question because like if you switch to gender does your sexuality switch with the gender? Like would you be a straight woman? That's the question. You wouldn't <laughs> want to be your like male brain. It's not the
1: question at all. It says what would you do if you if you switch gender? Well, it, mate, it 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 affects the,
0: what you would do with yourself.
1: It's, it's your, it, is I'm overthinking your, this. this okay. is, your, is your gayness coming through as well? Like every man would answer this and just be like, "I'd play with my boobs." Yeah, I know that's what
0: you would do, <laughs> but I'm saying, like, would you? Yeah, you play with your own boobs, basically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, I'd be like, "Well, this is not. That'd be boring for me." I don't know. In saying that, though, if I was a, if I was like an absolute banging woman, I would go out and find a banging dude. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> I actually found one more good one. Let me go it again. That's a tricky question. Uh, hey, Who <laughs> Yeah. Um,
0: actually, there's two more. I would go out and test the glass ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> try. try. <laughs> That's
1: a good answer. That's a good yeah. answer. What would you do if you could give up your sight or your hearing? If you had to give up your sight or your hearing,
0: uh, I'd give up my sight. No what would I do? Oh what would you do? Oh yeah. shit. Um okay. Um you give up your hearing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah.
1: Um and final one. Uh what would you do if you had to choose to be dumb or ugly? <laughs> You'd be ugly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cuz you can I always money can always overcome uh
1: Yeah, so can
0: Nah. Oh, I don't know, though. So you know prettiness. what, though? Can I say, on this topic, I think sometimes hot, dumb people are the happiest people on this earth. Yeah, yeah.
1: I do. Yeah. Just hot, dumb oblivious. people.
0: Just fucking oblivious. Yeah. They get the, really well. Yeah. They're just oblivious to yeah. it. He's sort of... You know, I don't know. I think inflation. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I've got big boobs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I oh, Look, I think it's... Is it like a permanent these are yeah, you can't really pick at these questions, but I'm like Stop. dumb and dumb and Stop hot. Stop
1: analyzing Well, it's
0: important. Um dumb and hot would it's be nice. It's important. It's important. This is important. This yeah. is a this is a smart, ugly person approach yeah. to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. How'd I do?
1: Yeah, really well, man. That was yeah. great. Nice. Well, that's all the t- all the time we have for today. Um Thanks for listening. To stay up to date with the latest episodes, don't forget to like and subscribe. Feel free to leave us a comment as we love to hear from you. Um, And uh, we'll we'll chat to you soon. Yeah, stay warm. Thanks, guys.
0: Cheers. Bye-bye.